0: talking about faith. We've been teaching a series about faith. We'll be in this for a while. What it means to experience real faith. The kind of where you get to the place where you can experience miracles that actually change changes your life situations. That's what we're talking about. How do you get to that place? We've been talking about we're not talking about just getting bumps and feeling cool things. Mm, that's not what I'm talking about. Now I'm talking about life-changing stuff that really 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 turns the circumstances in your life. Last week, we talked about this part about God rewards those who earnestly seek Him. What it means to be a seeker after God. And uh, that when things go wrong in your life, oftentimes it's just God playing hide and seek. Instead of crying and freaking and panicking, oh, my life is terrible. We ought to be saying, ready or not, here I come. And start looking for God because God loves it when you look after him, seek after him so that we're not just taking it for granted. And uh, and the Bible says he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, we even talked about uh, to the point of not just prayer, but fasting in prayer, where you stop eating, ah, skip a meal. It wouldn't kill a lot of us. I speak from personal experience. Uh, and just pray every time you feel hungry offer up a prayer Lord I'm praying about this and don't make it a dozen things make it one thing find one thing you really need God to do in your life where you're really seeking after God and pray skip a meal skip two go for a whole day without eating You will not kill you quite frankly it'll probably help you live longer and it's uncomfortable I get it. it's uncomfortable But it's a good thing to do. If you've never done it, you need to do it. I was stunned how many people came to me and said, I have never done that as a Christian. This is like Christianity 101, he's one of the basics of Christianity. Fasting and prayer. Now, some people say, well, how do I know if I need to fast? All right. If everything in your life is absolutely perfect and you are in a state of peace and joy at all times, your children are perfectly behavioral angels you have no health issues and no problems you have no financial concerns at all you don't need to fast <laughs> now assuming you're in that small percentage of people where well, that's not true you probably need to fast you know where something is going bad in your life you got financial concerns coming seek after God your kid is driving you crazy or he's demon possessed we can't tell
1: <laughs> pray
0: Fast, seek God. God shows that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Just don't be a freaker of circumstance. Remember, faith brings real miracles, but miracles come where miracles are needed. That's where we miss it. We read the great stories in the Bible of the great miracles and we think it's so cool you know Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead how cool is this Lazarus is a buddy of his It's as great and the guy and and he comes and he says Lazarus come forth and the guy comes hopping out of the grave how cool is that we think that's so cool what we forget is you gotta be dead first <laughs> we're not so excited about that part <laughs> you know <laughs> being raised from the dead cool dying not so excited all right but this is what happens Miracles come where miracles are needed. God just doesn't show up and do things so everybody thinks it's cool. He doesn't walk in and start floating people around the room like some Beetlejuice movie. I would do that if I were God. It would be fabulous, you know. (laughs) I would. I'd have you all floating around the room and do some, you know, dance or something. I'd just put you back down again. It would be great entertainment to me. But God doesn't do that. God does miracles where you need miracles. Sadly, when we need miracles, we get mad at God. This makes no sense. We want miracles, but then we need a miracle, we, (laughs) we freak out instead of getting in a place of faith. Don't do that. Listen, God's love and protection for you and his divine intervention in your life does not mean bad things won't happen. I wish it did. I don't like it when bad things happen because they're bad. That's why we call them bad. They're awful. They're icky. Nobody likes that. I wish it were the case that when you believe in Jesus, there's peace and you never have any
1: problems at all. It
0: would be fabulous for my worldview. Not particularly good for me, I suppose. God's a wee bit smarter than I am, to say the least. He knows it's good. for you to have challenges and circumstances in your life that cause you to grow in your faith that pulls you closer to him so he can do these things when things go wrong in your life it doesn't mean God doesn't like you he likes you, he really likes you I don't know why (laughs) but he does he's not mad at you he hasn't forsaken. When bad things happen, you need to think, even though bad things may happen, God will triumph in my life. When lousy things come, it's your cue to play hide and seek. Instead of crying, you should be going, ready or not, here I come! And start looking for God, pursuing God. Why? Because He's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek Him. Always remember this, family. Bad circumstance is an opportunity for miracles. My lovely Debbie and I have had many miracles in our lives, and I will share some of them with you as we go through this series. But keep in mind, these miracles came when things were just awful, just awful. How do you get to a place where in the midst of awful, you can experience God? That's what we're talking about. We're gonna be looking in the Bible, showing you how these things happen. Now, our first one we're gonna look at today is in the book of Acts. This is the Acts of the Apostle. This is the first record of Christianity. Now, the guy who writes Act is his name is Luke. He's the same guy who wrote the Gospel of Luke. Um, and the thing that really makes this series particularly interesting is through much of it, Luke was personally there. A lot of stuff that he wrote about, he heard about and wrote down and had records and stuff, but then there's parts of it where he was actually there, seeing it which is what this is about. He starts in uh, the 16th chapter of uh, of Acts in verse 16. He says, once when we were going to the place of prayer, so he's actually here, we're going to this place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. And she earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. Now keep the connection here. Fortune-telling, demonic spirit. Are you following me? Fortune-telling, demonic spirit. The Bible is excruciatingly, painfully clear that Christians have no business ever under any circumstance to be going to fortune tellers or Ouija boards or tarot cards or horoscopes. We are never to turn to those things. Well, Pastor, how do I know about the future? We trust a God who holds the future in his hands. We're supposed to trust him. Don't be going crazy getting into that stuff. So here's this young servant girl, and she uh, is possessed by a spirit, which I'm sure torments her. I mean, it's not like these people who are possessed are in a good place. Every time you ever read in the Bible about someone who's demon-possessed, it's horrible for them. And she's in this case. Well, the guys who owned her were happy. She was, they were making a lot of money because people would come and she'd go into these trances. Uh, and She'd be able to look into the future and know things that only in the spirit world they would know. And uh, so here's this girl. So they're out there. They're going to pray. They're preaching the gospel. They're sharing the good news of Christ wherever they go. And it says that she followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. Now that is true. That's what they were doing. But they didn't, she didn't do it like I just said it to you. She's being obnoxious about it. Because we read in the next verse that he was highly annoyed by it. So this lady's going everywhere, everywhere they go, she's following him. These men! This is obnoxious. This lady's crazy. Possessed of the demon, just being irritating all the time. Reminds me of a lady in a church once. (laughs) She wasn't demon-possessed that I know of. (laughs) But she was so clueless. She was so obnoxious. She, you know, we say amen in church. And that's cool. You can say amen. I say something. You go, yeah, that's right. I mean, that's cool. But this lady would never stop. She was just Hey, amen, that's right, yes, yes, oh yeah, oh yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean it's just obnoxious, she wouldn't stop, I could say, don't say amen, she'd go,
1: amen.
0: She was so irritating, it's the only person I can remember that we actually sat down and said, please don't come to church here anymore. It was that bad. I mean, people, it was bad. It was, you, you wouldn't want to bring your friends to church because they'd come and they'd go, What the heck? is with this lady? Hey
1: man, hey man, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, she's
1: gone.
0: <laughs> Tormenting somebody else? I don't know. It wasn't here. Just relax. She was obnoxious. If you do that, we'll throw you out too.
1: Somebody say amen. amen. Amen, that's right. So, <laughs>
0: now listen, really, we're not against that. We're just against crazy. Okay, there's a difference. You could say, you go, that's right. Yeah, I don't have any problem. But seriously, preachers, guys like me, we like that. Amen. amen there you go. Okay. <laughs> but not every five seconds. Hey, amen. That's, right, that's right. That's right. The whole time, you're crazy, and you got to go. Let some other pastor pray for her. Okay, yeah. So she's going around and she's driving them
1: all crazy.
0: Well, she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting this and she kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed. Why? Because it's annoying. He became so annoyed that he turned around to her. And he said to the spirit, and I love this part, because he recognized this wasn't her. It's a problem that we all have. We tend to fail to separate people from their sins. You know what I'm saying? People do things, and then we nail them with that label. You know, someone commits adultery, they're always an adulterer to us. Someone steals, and they're always a thief to us. And we we tend to peg people like that, which we shouldn't do. Okay? The Bible teaches us God separates us from our sins. We need to learn in dealing with people that we need to separate them from their sins. Right? I mean, the good news is is you don't know the sins of the person you're sitting next to right now. If you did, a lot of you would sit further apart. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't know I used to do that. You know, We got some pretty exciting stories around here. We really do. You would be shocked. It's I'm always amazed. Some of the nicest people in the world. You used to do what? I mean, it's pretty shocking. But uh. Anyway, Paul had enough sense to realize this wasn't her. This was something in her. And he recognized that this was a spirit that was tormenting her. And he says to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit leaves her. Well, you've got to assume this lady is extraordinarily happy. Every time in the Bible, when you read about someone who's tormented by a spirit, and suddenly that spirit leaves them, man, they are very happy. They are joyous. They are overwhelmed. This girl, probably for the first time in her life, was freed of this tormenting spirit that was in her. Probably went to her master's just celebrating. Oh, I feel so change, this is fabulous. But the guys who owned her put two and two together. Went, Wait a minute. Now she can't fall into trances until the future. Now they've lost their cash cow. It says in the next verse that when her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, Ooh, and people don't, you know, really get ticked off when you mess with people's money. Some of the nicest people in the world. I see it when we take the offering. Some of y'all just <laughs> like you're giving birth, you know. I just thought we needed to have Lamaz classes for the offering, so you just keep breathing. Yeah. <laughs> People don't like to be separated from their money, you know. Well, these guys were
1: furious, Oh, false! Cried out loud,
0: now she can't do this and now you cost us a lot of money. So they got really ticked and they grabbed Paul and Silas and they dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. And they brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and they're throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. Now that wasn't true. What the demon girl was saying was true, she was just very obnoxious about it. What these guys said was just lies, because they weren't advocating uh, sedition and and things that were against the law. Okay, so, um, then the crowd, it says, joins in the attack, and they get just in a complete uproar. Now these people are, a lot of this is cultural based. You know, we're not talking Northern European background, which a lot of you have, you know, just very calm people, you know. Uh, there's cultures where they're not so calm, like mine, <laughs> okay? And, uh, and other cultures, and this is the Middle East, and, and to this day, when these crowds get into a lather, they get into a lather. I mean, you see them all, they're pulling and the chat and going crazy. This is culture for them. It really is. It's not that they're crazy. They're acting crazy, but they're not really crazy. It's just culture. So they got these people in a tizzy, and they're all just in an uproar, and uh, they're just having a fit. And uh, so the crowd joins in, they're going crazy. So the magistrates ordered, you know, because the magistrates just wanted to calm the crowd down. I can't imagine a politician just trying to calm people down, but they did. And uh, so they just gave them what they wanted, and they said, where am I, they ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. Now, they hadn't done anything wrong. Now, this is 2,000 years ago in some pretty brutal regimes. You remember when Jesus was arrested, comes before Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate adjudicates the situation, interviews him. After listening to everything, he said, I find no fault with him. Therefore, I will have him beaten within an inch of his life hello I'm thinking no fault I'm going home their version of okay you're not guilty so we're going to beat the snot out of you that's what happens to these guys they get in and as soon just the fact that people are upset they would beat a completely innocent person within an inch of their life just to calm down the crowd I mean when you got arrested in these situations this is bad for you they can either kill you or find you not guilty which means they'll beat the snot out of you Wonderful choices here, right? Bad and worse. So that's what they do to Paul and Silas. So the Bible says uh, that they arrested them after they had been severely flogged. Now, I've never been flogged, but it can't be good, much less being severely flogged. And these guys were beaten within an inch of their lives. I mean, when they would take people, you've seen the movies, they'll take and they would just take rods and whips and just wail on the backs of these people. People even whom I find no fault with them. They haven't done anything wrong, but let's beat the snot out of them. And so they do this. So they do this, and they, they beat them within an inch of the life, and then they were thrown into prison. Now, this is not Brown County lockup. Okay? This is not 21st century prison systems. This is 2,000 years ago. Can you imagine what a prison was like back then? Especially in a culture, when you're not guilty, they beat the snot out of you. This is not a good place with the... Sorted aromas that filled the air and the big creatures running all over the ground. I'm sure it was a horrible place. So they beat them. They throw them into prison. The jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. So when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. This is a bad day. Now, these guys had been doing everything right, they were serving God, they were helping people they were praying for people this girl who was possessed of a demon set her free they're going around everywhere just advancing the fact that God loves you he will transform your life you can experience God in a real way by trusting in Jesus Christ that's how real he is and they're doing this a great sacrifice they're not out there making money they're they're working hard to please God and advance his kingdom what do they get for this? Humiliation, public embarrassment, severe flogging, and their feet locked in stocks on the inner cell of a rat hole of a prison. That's their day. Now, some of y'all get mad at God if your favorite TV show gets canceled. You come unglued if, you know... You lose a few hours at work. Some of your teenagers come apart and say, That boy don't talk to me anymore. My wife won't talk. I mean the list goes on and on of stuff that we just have a
1: fit about.
0: Crying and wailing and bellying these guys go through hell. What's their response? Well, they knew that. WHEN BAD CIRCUMSTANCE COMES, IT'S TIME TO START LOOKING FOR GOD. BECAUSE BAD CIRCUMSTANCE IS AN OPPORTUNITY FOR GOD TO SHOW UP AND DO A MIRACLE. SO IT SAYS IN VERSE 25, ABOUT MIDNIGHT, PAUL AND SILAS WERE PRAYING. I GOT TO TELL YOU, THESE GUYS HAVE HAD A LONG DAY. IF I'VE BEEN PREACHING ALL DAY LONG, I'M DRAGGED BY A MOB, GET THE SNOT KICKED OUT OF ME AND THROWN IN JAIL, I'M TAKING A NAP. (laughs) THESE GUYS ARE STILL AWAKE. They're at midnight, what are they doing? They're praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Who does this? They ought to be mad, they ought to be complaining, they ought to be belly. Well, where was God? Why would God make this happen to me? <laughs> oh. AND THEY'RE SINGING IN THE MIDST OF THE WORST DAY OF THEIR LIVES THEY'RE LIFTING THEIR VOICES AND THEY'RE PRAISING GOD WHO DOES THAT? PEOPLE OF FAITH, THAT'S WHO DOES THAT PEOPLE WHO LEARN HOW TO SEEK AFTER GOD DO THAT THAT'S WHY THE BIBLE SAYS TO CELEBRATE WHEN THINGS GO WRONG IN YOUR LIFE CALL UP YOUR FRIENDS, WE'RE GONNA HAVE A PARTY WHAT ARE WE CELEBRATING? MY LIFE
1: STINKS!
0: (laughs) COME ON OVER, WE'RE GOING TO HAVE A GREAT TIME, WE'RE GOING TO HAVE brats. IT'S GOING TO BE
1: FABULOUS!
0: (laughs) LISTEN TO ME, THIS IS POWERFUL STUFF! THE OTHER PRISONERS ARE LISTENING AND THEY ARE JUST AMAZED AT THESE GUYS! YOU SEE, WHEN YOUR LIFE IS NOT HAVING ANY CHALLENGES AND YOU'RE HAPPY, THAT DOESN'T SAY A WHOLE LOT TO PEOPLE, THEY JUST THINK YOU'RE LUCKY! They just think it's great. If you have a good marriage, it's because you married the perfect woman. That's why. She's perfect. That's why you're happy all the time. That's why. I'm trying to marry a perfect woman. I'm a lucky guy. You don't have any bills that's to pay. That's because you got so much money. you got so much money. Oh, you're just lucky. said, so why I just praise the Lord. They go, yeah, 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 I'm lucky. But when you are celebrating life, And still thanking God and grinning from ear to ear when your life obviously is struggling That speaks to people and more importantly it speaks to God Because that's when you're playing hide-and-seek remember the games rigged God will always make sure you find him These guys are singing worshiping God everybody's listening God's listening say okay. It's time to rock this joint So the Bible says suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. God shows up. And it's not just the earthquake. The earthquake, you can explain the doors popping over, but when the chains just fall off people's arms, God has shown up. Wow. And what's interesting is not only were Paul and Silas set free, it says they were all set free everyone's chains came loose so you start walking free man the way God wants you to be free not only will you be free you'll start lifting up people around you setting them free well the jailer wakes up and when he saw the prison doors open he freaks and he drew his sword and was about to kill himself why why would you do this you didn't even have a chance to explain he didn't even think let me get a chance to explain what happened because remember this is a brutal culture When you're not guilty, we beat you within an inch of your life. Throw you into a scummy prison. Well, the rule was there, if you are a jailer and someone escapes under your watch, they kill you. And they don't nicely kill you. They slowly kill you. They might take you into the public square and publicly disembowel you while you're alive. I mean, this is brutal. As soon as these guys would see something like this happen, without a second thought, they knew what would be. Better to die at my own hand than what these guys are going to do to me. He couldn't even explain it was an earthquake. Man, As soon as the door, he grabs his sword. He's about to kill himself. That's how seriously they took this. When all of a sudden, Paul shouts out, Don't harm yourself. We're all here. And the jailer called for lights, and he rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and asked them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Why? Because he was so blown away. Now, how did he know about being saved? Remember, this is 2,000 years ago, early Christianity. Nobody knew anything about this stuff. It wasn't like he'd seen Billy Graham on TV or something. <laughs> what does it say? How did because undoubtedly, the whole time they're being drugged into prison and the guy's locking him inside and putting stocks obviously Paul and Silas are talking to them and to him about being saved and about experiencing God these guys never stopped they were constantly ministering and touching to other people when they were in great need themselves and as soon as all this happened this guy says man what do I gotta do to get in on this again that's what gets people's attention when you are celebrating and enjoying the presence of God in the midst of awful circumstances that's when people look and say wow how do I get that? how can I have a life like that? don't get mad when your circumstances go south this is an opportunity for a miracle if nothing else it might just be a miracle to somebody else the miracle might be just that you stay in a good place when everything's going wrong See, we, think that we assume the miracle means the bad's going to stop. Sometimes the bad doesn't stop. Sometimes the miracle is other people will come to Jesus and be so affected by your faith because of how you stood in the midst of an awful situation. This is powerful stuff. Great miracle when Paul and Silas were arrested. Now, <laughs> I read this. You know, this reminded me of a personal account in my life back in the early 70s, back when the uh, dinosaurs still roamed the earth. And some of you geezers like me, you'll remember that when you used to go downtown anywhere, people were handing out flyers and trying to hit you up for one thing or the other. I mean, you'd have cults, you'd have Hare Krishnas, you'd have the Moonies were down there, you'd have politicians down there, you'd have Christians down there. Everybody, everywhere's handed out. Every. And then when the malls started coming, everybody started going to the malls, and all these people went in the malls and kept doing the same thing. There were quite a few uh, early uh, court battles that were fighting this out because what the malls were saying was it's private property, you can't come in and the people who wanted access to everybody said yes, it's private property, but it's for public use it's essentially the public square has not moved into this public private building and they fought this out eventually the malls won and that's why you see no soliciting on the mall signs when you go in because that's why. but now in the early days this was still being fought out so we're in there and this mall has had it and they're starting to arrest people who are soliciting in any way, shape or form now in my defense I wasn't handing out anything I was sitting in a coffee shop with my Bible and a guy and we're drinking a Coke or something like that and we're just talking I don't know what's going on well this cop comes walking by and he sees me and stops and says is that your Bible? yeah he says come with me you're under arrest the guy arrests me I get thrown in a batty wagon. They take me, this is in Peoria, Illinois. I'm in line getting processed with the catch of the day. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think this is crazy. Now, two responses. One, you can get really mad. It says, my rights have been violated, which would have been fine, I mean, because they were violated. But I thought, no, I'm going to shine the love of God. I'm going to smile. I'm going to be so sweet they will be overwhelmed by my joy. <laughs> so I'm being fingerprinted and i so, how you doing, man? Appreciate what you, oh, you missed a spot. there you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I get my mug shot somewhere in the annals of Peoria, Illinois, is my mug shot. And I'm like this,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm back in line, I'm just, how you doing, man, I'm, just, I'm not mad, this is all cool. All of a sudden, a cop comes and points at me and says, Hey, get out of line. Come with me. They take me back and they strip search me. (laughs) Now here I'm thinking, I'm showing the love of God. That's not what they're hearing. They're thinking, anybody smiling this much has to be on drugs. So they want to see where my drugs are. Now you would be shocked where apparently some people keep their drugs. Now I gotta tell you, if I have drugs, I ain't putting them there. And I ain't smoking them. If I do, I'll tell you that right now. they throw me in a cell a couple hours later the judge finds out what happened he dismissed the charges we all got out of there but not exactly the miracle I was hoping for I got to tell you <laughs>
1: apparently
0: I'm not as spiritual as Paul and Silas <laughs> I don't know why I showed that just funny <laughs> but don't freak out when things go bad so this guy yells what can I do to be saved and I said here's how you do it believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved You and your household. And they begin to pray with him and his family. They all become Christians. They baptize them right there on the spot and help to change their lives for eternity. Again, we look at the story and say, wow, what a cool story. What a great miracle. Shaking the chains and everybody gets free. Yeah, that is cool. But look what they went through to get there. Don't get discouraged when things go south in your life this is an opportunity for you to step up and trust God for a miracle now in the weeks to come we're going to go through some more stories I want you to see in the Bible what it was like for these guys to get to these incredible miracles and then I'm going to show you specifically how they do this how you can take practical steps how to think how to pray how to make this kind of thing work in your life let's pray father we thank you for your word your encouragement of faith Thank you, God, that you love us, that you never will leave us, you'll never forsake us. That's what you promised. Lord, many of us are facing trials, tests, difficult times. Help us, Lord, to walk in faith. Help us not to be discouraged. Help us to seek after you, because you are the kind of God who rewards those who earnestly seek him. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said,
2: Amen. I would like for our worship team and our ushers to come forward as we prepare to get ready for communion this morning. And as we're talking about faith, everything that we do in this place all starts with a first step that takes faith. And that is stepping out and believing that we need God taking ourselves and posturing ourselves to the point where we step aside and we say, God, I can't do life on my own. I've tried, but I proved myself time in and time out that I can't do this and I need you. The Bible says that all we need to do is believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and we will be saved. But that takes one of the greatest steps of faith is when you begin your faith journey is believing that God really is who he says that he is and that he longs to have a relationship with you and that's what we've been created for is to walk in unity with him. But it all starts with an encounter. It's kind of bumping into God. Have you had that experience? Have you today made that first step. Maybe you haven't, maybe you're here today and part of you seeking after God is is taking that first step and seeing if he really is who he says that he is. This morning, we're gonna say a prayer all together in this place to begin that opportunity for you to have an encounter with your creator. When we say this prayer, just, just from the bottom of your heart, mean the words that we say and this will begin your faith journey where you can begin to experience Christ in your life. Let's pray this all together. Repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God and that you loved me so much and you went to the cross and you took my punishment. I ask you to come into my life and to forgive me of my sins. I now surrender myself to you. Amen.